0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one, amen. Growing up, I uh, mostly trusted my parents in all things, fairly blindly, I believed in them as uh you know worthy trustworthy guardians of my health and safety, but I will admit that there was a time when that trust was stretched, pretty thin, and it was not a time that uh, they probably would have expected or suspected of me i think um, I think I mostly kept this a secret i don 't know the fear on my face may have been transparent, but if we ever took a vacation to my grandparents' lake house or uh, another lake-type vacation and I was forced to get in an inflated inner tube attached to a string and drug behind uh, a motorboat. My trust in my parents was uh, at its breaking point. It's not that I didn't believe that they cared about me and that everything was ultimately going to be okay, but this was a very different environment than I was used to at home, right? I'm generally walking around on solid ground, but now I feel water and waves beneath me. Generally I have control over where I'm going or I'm in a car at least and and I'm being driven and I trust the, the driving of my parents, but now I'm in this thing that has no regard for my safety. It's just an open thing and I have to hold on to it and it's attached to the string and I'm in the middle of water and the string is attached to a boat with a big, loud engine, and from a very young age, I had trust issues regarding um, late time uh, sports and, and whatnot i I probably ought to uh, find a way to to resolve that because I think I have some lingering fear of of water and, and the depths uh, that I can't see through because of all that. but really, I think it was mostly the change of environment. It was so radically different than anything I was used to. And then all of a sudden I'm at a lake doing this activity and, and uh, being intentionally thrown out of it by uh, a grinning father steering the boat. But we all, I think, understand what that's like to have a new environment that you're thrown into and to have this trust issue about <laughs> what, 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 how can I trust the systems and the people around me in such a different environment, in such an unpredictable new set of circumstances. And in the gospel today, we see that exact thing happening to the disciples. They are following Jesus into a boat after a long day of uh, healings and teachings, and Jesus says, let's get in the boat and go over to the other side of the lake. And by lake, he means a big giant lake, big enough that they call a sea big enough that, as we'll see, it can have its own weather. So they get in the boat and these are mostly fishermen. It's not like they don't know how to operate a boat or sail on these waters. But we do see a change of environment. They've been traveling with Jesus mostly on land. Now they uh, are on the sea. They have been um, dealing with social issues mostly. The ministry of Jesus, they're following him was a very social thing. that It involved other people mostly, right? And so all of the problems that they saw were social problems. They had anxiety about um, too many people following Jesus. We could see that the crowds would be pressing around him, and, and they would say, "Master, we need to, you know, get you out of here. There are too many people." Or they'd be worried about who is coming to see him, or, or who, how how far his uh, fame was spreading. And they go from these social issues that they're concerned with to all of a sudden issues of nature, right? And they also move from the distress of others. That's what they're primarily used to. They see other people coming to Jesus in distress, needing help, needing a miracle, and now all of a sudden, they're the ones in distress. They're at the center of this particular problem in this story. So by bringing the disciples, I think, out of the situations that they are mostly accustomed to, And into a new situation Jesus is helping them to learn to trust him in a new situation and also proving to them his lordship in a new situation the parallels to us are pretty clear I think they almost write themselves our new environment all around us feels increasingly like moving from solid ground to out at sea political social uh, health, the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, the rapidly changing world of digital communication and social media, rapidly changing job environments, the rapidly changing environment, literally itself, and uh, the the potential uh, new things that we will have to to get used to in order to address um, those issues, nature, everything around us, feels different than it used to just a decade or two ago. And this is, potentially, has the feeling of a cataclysmic change for us. So, like the disciples, we're experiencing a change of environment. We're experiencing a storm that is hitting us, wave after wave after wave, and those waves are adding up, and we start to notice that it's starting to cover us and we start to wonder when is it going to be too much from down here in the bottom of the ship the nave we feel potentially covered with the waters you're not with he, us here now in this church in this building but if you were you would be sitting in what we call the nave the part of the church that is where the congregation gathers and it's called the nave because it is like the boat that the disciples are in in this story. Often in church buildings, actually, it will be shaped boat-like. Our uh, brother, sister church over at, uh, in, in downtown St. Elias, Antiochian, if you've ever been in their building, they actually have a very wonderful example of this in the place where the congregation comes together if you look up, the top of the ceiling almost looks like an upside-down ship with its arch and, and the wood. It's a beautiful um, reminder and example of what that space in the church is supposed to be like. It's called a nave because it's a ship. It's where we get our words "naval" and navy. And so when we gather in this congregation, as we congregate, we are like the disciples in the ship. And as we come with our Uh, anxieties and the waters covering us, buffeted by waves on all sides, what do we do? We look up and see Jesus reposing. In St. Mark's parallel gospel, we um, read that Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, the back of the ship, where it's raised up a little bit, and he was sleeping on a pillow. And here in the church, down where all the waves gather, so do we. And we look up and we see our Lord reposing on a cushion on an altar on a table peacefully <laughs> and depending on our state of mind we say to him Lord wake up we perish like the disciples bless the disciples they had not yet seen Jesus do what he was about to do when he stands up he turns to the waves and the wind the lightning and the thunder and he tells them to be calm and immediately there was a calm on the sea. This was new information for the disciples. You can't blame them for not having the kind of imagination that was prepared to imagine God, Jesus, doing something like this for them. They had never seen it. It was beyond their comprehension. As far as they were concerned, they are perishing. This is it. This is the end. And so they wake Jesus up, I don't know if they were expecting anything of him, but they just want him to be awake at the same time to say, hey, here we all are, we're going down. Like this is, this is the end. And Jesus calms the storm and then says to them, why were you panicking? Why don't, don't you know that I'm able to deal with these things? Don't you have any faith in God, in me? And you know, frankly, it's okay. To come to God like this the point is come to him if he rebukes you with the thought why didn't I have more faith accept it and embrace it embrace it with the miracle and learn and grow from there but come to him panicking or not come to him his repose like his movement like his standing and speaking and waving his sleeping was also an intentional act for the benefit of the disciples. Without storms, how often would they, would we not turn to him? Without storms, how little about the extent of his power and his lordship would we discover? And how little about the extent of his love would we come to understand and experience? I hate to say it, but I think we need storms. And so he lets them come. He even leads us straight into them sometimes. And he even sleeps so that we may become finally awake. Even God's sleeping is an intentional act for our benefit. And we've been sleeping until we, like Moses in Numbers 10.35, can say with all of our heart, rise up, O Lord, get up, please, and let your enemies be scattered. Let the waves be scattered. Or with David in Psalm 3:7, when he says, Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God. Or like the multitude of other times throughout the scriptures where people say to God, Get up and do something. That's when they are fully awake. We're seeing hearts that are awake to God. When the words that the mouth speaks are, Get up, God. We need you. God then, having never been truly asleep, acts in order so that our hearts can benefit from the lesson learned. I was never asleep. You were. The Lord causes us to travel through the midst of the sea, but it's him who created the sea. And no storm that arises on it is beyond his control. So we learn wave by wave and storm by storm to trust not in our own skills as sailors, not even in the integrity of the ship itself, I hate to say, but only in him who called us into the ship, who directed us out into the sea. Never take your eyes off of him. Stay awake and look to him and pray. Finally, Psalm 89, 9. You rule the raging sea. When its waves rise, you still them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.